It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Something's lurking at the edge of the park People be warned, people beware There's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair Hear him cry, hear him howl Looking for someone to disembowel Claws like a hook, eyes like coal Feet so big they're gonna crush your soul They call him Sasquatch Hey gang, this is Yowie Central. Welcome to the show. I'm Sarah. I've got a fantastic show lined up for you this week, but just before I get into it, if you've seen a Yowie or any other strange entity and you've been really wanting to tell someone about it, but you're afraid that no one will believe you or that people might make fun of you, you've landed in the right place. Here at Yowie Central, we won't laugh at you and we definitely don't do ridicule. And although we've focused mainly on our beautiful hairy friends, because I'm obsessed with them, we know that there's a lot of other stuff going on in the invisible realm around us that is completely enthralling and fascinating. So we also explore all the mysterious phenomena that we come across. If you've seen or experienced anything kooky or spooky, get in touch with me at yaoicentral at gmail.com And you can share your story with me and with the Yowie Central listeners. And if you're a bit shy and you're not sure that you want to come on the show, but you really need to talk to someone about what happened to you, get in touch with me and we can have a chat. Remember, you're not alone. We're here to listen, we're here to debrief with, and we're here to give you some support. Remember when I told you guys a few shows back that I had a dream where I was kind of half awake, half asleep, and I felt something grabbing my ankles and pulling my legs kind of sideways off the bed as though to pull me off the bed. I sort of, I woke up, I opened my eyes and I realised that I was dreaming and that my body hadn't actually moved from the centre of the bed, but I could still feel something pulling my legs off sideways. It was pretty freaky, I can tell you that much. So, 
A friend of mine was staying in that house while I was up at the farm. This is in my Castle Main house. And this friend is an intuitive kind of person and he told me that he saw a ghost or a shadow person in a long, old-fashioned riding cloak with a, like an 18th century highwayman hat standing near my front door, on the inside of the front door. He also said that he saw an orb float from my bedroom to my desk in the lounge room. And the next day, he saw an old carriage lantern that I have there that I got from an old antique junk shop. It, and it seemed to glow a little bit for a few moments. So he has a, an electromagnetic radiation reader app on his phone. And I'm not sure how accurate those apps are and whether they're less accurate than the actual uh, meter, the actual device. Uh, but he checked out my whole house and he found that there are a few items in the house that uh, that the EMF or the EMR reading spiked high and those things were a military ceremonial hat that my dad used to wear uh, when he was in the military. He's, an, he's a, an army musician. He was the director of the military band for a long time in Melbourne. So he's, he's got a, a red and black military cap. It's never belonged to anyone else, which is strange, and it's it's not an old, it's not an antique. It, it, it doesn't have a lot of history. It was made for him. Uh, he hasn't worn it for many years now, and I've had it sitting on, uh, sitting in my my lounge room on a on a table. So the hat, and particularly the top of the hat, seemed to cause that EMF app on his phone to spike. He tested it and we went, I, I actually arrived back down there and a couple of days later and we, we checked it out and we took the hat outside to see maybe there was something inside that was in the, inside the house that was causing it to spike. No, it had the same effect outside the house. We also checked the hat with my really good thermal camera, which is a guide track IR50. And the hat was giving off a very small, round, dull, but there, thermal signature, which was very strange because inanimate objects shouldn't be giving off a thermal signature. Unless, of course, they've been heated up by something, by the sun or by the fire or, or some other heat source. So we also checked uh, around the whole house and there were one or two other things in the house that also made that, that EMF reader spike. Um, one of them was the old carriage lantern and the other one was an old kind of Dutch oven style steel uh, pot. Again, both of those things I got from, interestingly enough, I got from a junk shop, antique shop up in Koryong, which is man from Snowy River Country, which then made me think, well, if the ghost that he saw was wearing an old riding cloak uh, that maybe it was attached to one of those things that I got from old man from snowy river country up in Koryong in Victoria. <laughs> Needless to say, it gave me a bit of the creeps and I was a bit nervous about staying there the next time by myself. I did actually do an energy clearing on it myself, but that didn't seem to change the spike in the EMF reading. So uh, luckily I have a, a very dear friend who's a shaman and I've spoken about him many times before on the show, Daryl or Daz as I call him. So Daz to the rescue, 
So Daz performed a clearing on that hat and suffice to say I haven't had any issues in the house since then. So Daz checked it with his pendulum and I sent a photo of it to him and he held the pendulum over the photo and on his phone and it circled in an anti-clockwise direction. Now he explained to me that that means that there's negative energy in there, there's something negative in there. So luckily enough he cleared that for me and I haven't had any other issues in the house but I haven't cleared the other things yet but it's kind of strange because I've never had, I've been living in that house uh, and I was living in that house full time until about a year ago I've been living in that house for 11, 12 years and I've never felt unsafe or particularly frightened there. But I, it did re- remind me of just the one time when I was uh, sitting on my bed with my big dog, my big shaggy dog, Bob, who's a big wolfhound cross and he is a bit of a sook though. <laughs> he, he looks big and brave but he's not really. Uh, but anyway, he, he, he scooched up to me while I was in bed and I could feel him all of a sudden trembling a lot and staring towards the bedroom door. I couldn't see anything, I couldn't sense anything, but he seemed for a few minutes to be frightened about something. Uh, So I'm not sure if, and that happened, I don't know, um, a couple of years ago. So I'm not sure if that was connected to the ghost that my friend who was staying in the house saw. Is it connected to the old carriage lantern or the, the old Dutch oven? Is it connected to my dad's military hat? Um, maybe he picked up some kind of weird attachment in all of his travels and, and doing that particularly stressful job. I don't know. But the good news is the house feels all back to normal and, 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 and safe and comfortable now. So I just wanted to give a shout out to Daz for uh, clearing that negative attachment, energy, ghost, whatever it was, he got rid of it. <laughs> so thanks, Daz. I'm sleeping way better now. Some of you may know that I live some of the time down at my house in Castlemaine and the rest of the time, in fact, most of the time these days, I'm up at our farm, which is up near the Murray River. And... There's a state forest there called the Gunbower State Forest and this same friend who was in my in my house for a few days uh, rang me when he was up this way and he was going to check out the Gunbower State Forest and he said, whoa, this is a really creepy place and I have to agree with him. I, I, when I've been out there by myself, uh, doing a bit of researching, a bit of wandering around, looking for for Yowie sign. I've I've felt quite uneasy the times that I've been there, and I sort of attributed that to maybe I'm I'm not uh, feeling particularly safe as a woman out alone. Sadly, women have to be careful being by themselves out and out and about, uh, especially when there's no one else around. There are there's there's the odd axe murderer, creepy guy hanging around. So um, I was sort of I sort of attributed it to um, that kind of just being uneasy out and out alone somewhere. But um, when my friend said to me, this is a really creepy place, I wouldn't camp here. And that surprised me because he's in a really experienced Bushman. So I did then read something the other day that there was, there was a map of ley lines in Australia. And I don't know if the, the map that I was looking at is accurate or not, but there was a part of a ley line that runs 
sort of almost parallel to the, the Murray River, right next to it or almost on top of it, just near the farm and near that Gunbower State Forest. So I wondered, and I don't know the answer to this, but I did ponder whether that creepiness the energy that I could feel and that he was picking up on have anything to do with the ley line that potentially runs near there? I don't know enough about it. If there's anyone listening who knows about ley lines, particularly the ley lines in Australia, get in touch with me and let me know if you think that ley line energy can cause that uneasiness. It could also be that there's simply a lot of human beings who camp in there and and maybe there's a lot of, you know, rubbish left and a lot of Uh, angry energy there, uh, a lot of, um, you know, angry music and angry people. I I, I don't know, but uh, there's certainly something that's not quite right about the energy there. Uh, but, But a little bit further down the river, not that far away from there, is a place called the Campbell's Island State Forest, and that has a completely different feel. I've started exploring that in the last few weeks, and I've been out there with Flyboy a couple of times, actually scouting for for good camping spots on the river. And I went out there last week, and I actually went out there to to do some meditating and to lie down on the ground next to the river and and do some breathing and uh, and see if I could get in touch with our hairy friends, and. Just the spot where I happened to decide spur of the moment to pull up and park and and lie down, there was a stick rammed into the ground. It was definitely not growing there. Um, It was pushed into the ground about 10 or so centimetres. It was about just over a metre long, maybe as thick as my, my thumb, had all the other branches and leaves, everything stripped off, and it was just one straight stick jammed into the ground. I don't know whether it was pure coincidence or I'm not actually sure that I believe in coincidences, but it was certainly curious that the one spot that I did decide to stop, there is a a sign that that Dean and the Australian Yowie Research Boys uh, had concluded that because they were finding them all around their research area in Springbrook National Park, uh, and that they were fairly convinced that they were being left by our hairy friends. So I don't know if it was or it's not. I've actually gone back out there and left an apple for them at the bottom of the stick. I'll go out there in a couple more days and see if it's gone or see if there's any other sign. I couldn't see any footprints, but you never know. I'll let you know how I go and if I get any exciting activity. Okay, so let's move on now to the amazing interview I've got for you today. It's got a bit of everything. It's got Yowie sightings. It's got cryptid sightings. It's got some hectic, terrifying paranormal activity. My guest, Dean, has had paranormal activity happening around him throughout his whole life from when he was little. And let me tell you, he has endured some seriously scary shit, especially as a little boy. He's going to share some of his experiences with you today and we're going to start with the time that he was building a cubby house in the bush with some mates and came across a very angry Yowie. And then we're going to move on to another Yowie sighting, possibly a juvenile. Then we're moving on to a cryptid sighting and then some of those scary paranormal things. And there's some scary, demonic, ghosty experiences coming up. So strap yourselves in. Here's Dean.
Well, the first one was um, back when we were kids. Like, I'm a bit blurry on the years, so to speak, but my mate was saying he reckons we were probably about 14, 15 along them line because we were still riding our push bikes. Okay, and so, how, how old are you now? So Just so I know um, approximately what year. 37 now. Okay, cool. Yeah, so anyway, yeah, we were sort of like um, – Oh, we used to hang around the scrub a fair bit. We had like bush bike tracks and stuff like that out in the bush and we'd build like cubby houses and that. And oh, one, one time we decided to get pretty serious about it. We started taking chainsaws out there and building material and chopping it down and making like, yeah, pretty pretty good cubby, so to speak, like sort of tree house off the ground and all the rest of it. And um, it, we noticed like if we hadn't been down there for a couple of days, it kept on getting trashed. And we didn't know, you know, we thought one of the locals didn't want us in there riding our pussies, making making noise and all that sort of stuff. So we kept on rebuilding it until pretty much the last time is when come across the um, Yowie, I suppose. And, um, yeah, we were all down there, sort of had the chainsaws going, chopping trees down, dragging stuff around and stuff. And um, all of our push bikes were just laying on the ground. And, yeah, from what I remember, it was, like, pretty brief, obviously, because we were only fairly young kids and that, and we all sort of shit ourselves and then just took off really but yeah i just remember sort of hearing like everybody says you know all the loud stomping going on through the bush and then like a massive roar sort of thing and i turned around i remember seeing this thing it would have been like you know eight nine foot ten foot or something like that it was huge because we were only small as well glowing red eyes a big black thing that pretty much looked like a gorilla so we all just took off and just started running out of the bush we all got out to the end of the bush and it goes back to me talking about my mate who i confirmed with that he remembered he loved his push bike like he spent heaps of money on his push bike and we got now to the street we all just looked at each other and went what the hell was that like we shouldn't have stuff like that in our bush and he's like oh, i don't know what it was but i'm going back for my bike anyway so i was like oh well if you're going back in i can't let you go in by yourself pretty much but yeah so i just followed him back in and then as we did go in we seen the big black thing like trash in the, the cubby and that and then it sort of like spotted us and then it pretty much it done the opposite thing to what we done it it took off into the bush so we just grabbed our bushes and we got got out of there real quick smart wait so where was that again uh it was in uh, a place called lakeside on the sunshine coast now it's in taramundi on the sunny coast yeah right what time of day was it? So if you said, because it was glowing red eyes, so was it night time? Well, it was more like it was going on night. It was like dusk, so you could still see. But um, like I said, it, it wasn't quite actually dark yet. So it was like, that's why I remember the glowing red eyes, like so distinctively. I've started having a lot of flashbacks about it and that lately because, yeah, they just really stood out. And obviously, like, just a really loud scream, like raw, sort of like like I've been hearing everybody explaining. And, yeah, I think, you know, like for a moment there, we we're all sort of just frozen in our track. But I think once one, once once somebody actually took off, the rest of us just took off as well. And we were just pretty much felt like we were running for our lives. Like we just felt like this thing was going to come after us and kill us. Right. How many of you were there? Uh, well, just off the top of my head, I remember – at the end, when we got out there, there, there might have only been about four of us that day. There could have been a few more of us, maybe, let's say, four to eight, possibly. But everybody sort of got scattered up and, like, went their own ways. But I do distinctly remember being with three other mates and myself when we got out to the road. 
And we've all just looked at each other and gone, you know, what the hell was that? Like, even if we do tell anybody about this, nobody's even going to believe us. Yeah, yeah, that's that's often people feel like that, and often people don't believe. That's that's the the problem. You're you're mucking around, you're building stuff, and then you start hearing stomping footsteps, right? Yep, that's it. Yeah. Yep, big, heavy, and and. Do you remember what you were doing exactly when you first kind of saw this being? I think I might have just been dragging like a half-cut tree sort of thing that we just recently cut down. We were dragging it back towards more like the tree house sort of thing to chop it up a bit more and put it into place, see what we were going to use it for. And, yeah, like I said, you sort of like obviously you heard it. it was just like footsteps as in like really loud as in like bipedal, I think I've heard everybody saying, just like two footsteps and like, as far as I do remember, when I did turn around and we had a look, like it was just standing there in the, the thickness of the scrub that was sort of in the more cleared area that we had. And you reckon it was about, um, you mentioned in your message, uh, that it was about eight to nine foot tall? Yeah, yeah, it would have been for sure. It, it was like, it was massive, like towered all, all over us. Like, we're, like I said, we are only like 14, 15 at the time, so we weren't too big i mean i'm probably about uh five nine now i'm a little bit under six foot now but yeah it would have been would have been way bigger than me still today what color was it uh black from what i remember it was black or it could have been like a real dark wet brown but i just remember a real dark real dark figure and just the red eyes just standing out did you notice that um did you notice that it was was hairy or was it too hard to make out the hair it was just a black figure yeah no nah, definitely hairy because like i said like once we got out there like we're, we're all thinking like we don't have gorillas like that's what honestly first thing that ran through my head back then probably not even you know i didn't even think what it could have actually been until recently the more i keep thinking about it and remembering but yeah it was it was like really hairy and like yeah from what i can remember built like a brick city so to speak you know you could see its chest and stuff like that there could even possibly been a bit of thin darker gray sort of skin yeah yeah okay so black what looks like black hair dark gray skin and the eyes so you, you they were glowing red eyes did they seem to be kind of emitting shining light out or were they reflecting the ambient light what do you think i'd i'd say more like literally glowing red like admitting red light from them like really really bright sort of red like you know like a laser or something like that like a, a red laser light yep. that'd be the best way to describe it i reckon was it moving any mm. of its face when you saw um, it like i said it was a while ago and it is pretty pretty blurry but yeah i think <clears throat> i do remember <clears throat> is what like stands out the most is it just had like a terrifying face on it with like massive mouth open i swear i do remember seeing like some big white pearlies and that and it just yeah like it was yeah just screaming making an all terrible noise sort of thing yeah right so you, you think you, you did get a catch of a glimpse of um of teeth yeah, yeah. Well, I do. Yeah, I, I, like I said, with the flashbacks and just memories that I keep remembering. Yeah, I just remember seeing, like, you know, I suppose probably a more of a yellowy white sort of thing. But I do remember seeing some pretty big teeth. Like, you know, that's probably one of the most worrying things. Like, it almost, so to speak, had a bit of a demonic look 
to its face. Like a, it just didn't look like a natural beast, and it definitely didn't look like it's. It should have been something that was kicking around in the Sunshine Coast bushland. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't blame you. Were they? Were, do you remember if they were pointy teeth? Uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, from what I can remember, sort of thing. Like I've heard a few people explain it, and it sort of comes back to me a bit more. It's almost like you know, canines in a way. Had the two big top ones, uh, smaller sort of. Um, Smaller sort of sharp canines at the bottom, sort of thing, a bit more in compared to the to the to the top jaw. Uh-huh. And um, did you do you remember anything else about the face? I know it is a long time, and if somebody asked me to try and remember something for from when I was fourteen, it'd be a bit yeah. of a struggle. So, <laughs> so yeah. don't, if you don't know any answers to any of these questions, by the way, don't stress. Just say, look, I can't remember. Um, yeah. But do you remember any other the details, maybe about the nose or anything else about uh... the face? Probably like, you know, sort of thing like it just sort of in a way like looked like it had a bit of a flat, flat face, like a flat nose sort of thing, like more more like a gorilla in a way. What shape was the head? Um, well, I guess sort of like um, like a human but a bit more like square sort of like squared off round sort of thing. Like I don't really remember seeing a neck like from, so to speak, a long time ago as well, but it just looked like it was, it just had a massive head on it. It looked like with the mouth that was open carrying on, like it could fit your head inside of its mouth quite easily. Right. Could you describe the the build? The build, yeah. Well, um, yeah, pretty much something like of a, gorilla sort of shape like a really big bodybuilder style like really massively proportioned up in the chest area sort of thing really wide shoulders just stood really tall it just yeah like once I said like again like something that should not be kicking around in the bush bushland around here yeah yeah and um what about the arms did you notice anything about the arms and I'm I'm asking whether you think they were maybe long in comparison to a human's arms when you look at the proportion of the body. Yeah, I, yeah, I distinctively do remember the arms being really long and pretty big as well. I mean, like they were like two things that were going through your head. Like if this thing grabbed you, it could probably snap you in half like its wig. And if it did take a bite at you, it was going to take a decent decent bite of you too. Was it moving its arms? While it was roaring, screaming at you? From what I can remember, I, I'm pretty sure it did. Like it was almost like holding its arms up to almost appear to make itself bigger, like a bear sort of would, you know, like holding them up when it started screaming and almost like uh, moving around, almost like a like a kid chucking a tantrum or something like that, so to speak. And did you notice the hands at all? Um. Uh, yeah, like I said, a long time ago, hard to remember, but yeah, like sort of like proportioned like the body, extremely large from what I can remember. I mean, I I don't know, I keep on trying to think a bit deeper and honestly think if it actually had like, if it would have had like massive like nails slash claws or something like that. But it, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I remember just being, everything about it was just massive sort of thing, like just really, yeah, a lot bigger than any of us or most of the big humans that I know myself. And can you describe the legs? Well, that's that's sort of like the the thing that I guess I wasn't paying attention to most, but I reckon like really the legs would have had to have been 
short, a lot shorter compared to the body, so to speak. Still tall compared to us, but they would have been the shortest part of it, sort of thing. More, more like a, more like a person, really. Um, I guess, like I said, the fight or flight sort of kicked in then, and we all just like dropped what we were doing and just took off running. <laughs> but I do remember it did it did come after us for a while. Like I almost had the feeling like the more that I remember it, it's like. It's like I remember it, like, honestly, like, looking straight into my eyes. Like, I almost had the feeling like I was the one targeted, so to speak. I mean, uh, other people that were there could have thought thought that as well, but I just thought it was fixated on me sort of thing and just whatever was in the vicinity around me. Did you happen to be the one using the chainsaw? Um, no, well, I wasn't using the chainsaw. I think it might not have been running at that stage, but, you know, I was definitely on one of the ends, possibly the end that was actually cut, dragging it back to, like, the treehouse. Right, because my thoughts were when you said that you guys were out there for a bit mucking around and building a treehouse, but then, but then decided to bring in a chainsaw, yep. uh, my thoughts went, oh, maybe maybe it wasn't impressed with your use of a chainsaw and you chopping up some trees. Yeah, well, that's that's the only thing I can think to nowadays because it's like, like I said, we, we built it a few times. That was probably like the fourth and final time that we actually built it. And when that showed up, we sort of just legged it and we never really went back after we went to recover our bush bikes. But, yeah, we did have tools out there most of the time, so to speak, but... Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, it, it probably didn't like the noise, um, something along that. Yeah, we might have just had, I think, maybe to start off with, we were only using, like, saws and axes, which probably wouldn't have been quite as loud. So it might have just had enough because it kept destroying what we were making. Oh. We just kept on coming back, rebuilding, and then it's probably just gone, nah, that's enough. I'm just going to give them the scare of their life, so to speak, or whatever the plans were to do. Right, so so you'd been going there, um, like you know, week after week, and building this treehouse, and then you'd come yep. back, and it was all pulled down. Yeah, yeah, we always kept on coming back to it every couple of days, and it was always half trash, half smash. You know, it was enough that we could still rebuild it, but the last time, like after we took off got chased out of the bush, we come back and whatever it was, we made sure that it was making a good mess of it. And then by the time we sort of snuck back up to get our bikes and it realised that we were coming back, it just took off into the bush. Same sort of thing, you know, loud stomping, branches snapping, and it just disappeared into the bush quick as it appeared. Yeah, just run that bit by me again. So when you went back to get the bikes, it was yep. it still in the same spot or it had it had followed you out a bit, you said. Uh, yeah, well, it seemed like it started chasing us down the bush path. Like, I think maybe we were probably about 150 metres, 200 metres max. It might have might have given chase for about oh, 50 to 100, if that. We'd gone out to the street. We waited a while. I think you could still hear it carrying on in the bush, and you could definitely hear all the smashing of that going on. And by the time we actually got back, it had its back to us because it was destroying what our treehouse sort of thing. And mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. By the time we actually stuck up, grabbed our bikes, I just remember just shitting myself, to be honest. And yeah, and then it's like it noticed us, and it done the exact opposite. Instead of chasing us, it's like it had finished doing what it needed to do, 
given us a warning, so it's just taken back off into the bush. I mean, you guys are so brave to go back there anyway. There's no way yeah. I would have gone back there. Yeah, well, I, I was on the same page at the same stage. Like, I was like, no, nah, we can't go back there. But my mate was like, I'm going back to get my push bike. His push bike was his life. And then I've just gone, well, if you're going back, you can't go back alone. And I think maybe another one or two of our mates might have tagged along as well, but they stayed a little bit further behind us. Like, they wanted to come, but not quite as much. I mean, I didn't want to go back either, but I didn't want to let my mate go back by himself. Yeah, yeah, that's very brave of you. So the Yowie pulls apart your treehouse again and then runs up. Did you Did you end up, you didn't go back and rebuild after that, I'm assuming? No, no. <laughs> that was, it was done and dusted. We just left it as it was. And like I said, like I think after, because my mate's parents didn't actually live too far from us. And um, see, like one of the blokes that was with us as well, he was Indigenous, not like full Indigenous, so to speak, but, um, you know, he was more white, you know, you know what I, like how I'm getting, what I'm getting at sort of there. Like he, he wasn't like full Indigenous, but he was like, I don't mean to sound rude, but sort of the best way I can put it is like half-caste. You know, his parents were white and that. There was just a bit of Aboriginal actually in their bloodline sort of thing. And, like, we did go back. And I remember telling, you know, even though we thought, oh, even if we tell anybody, they're not going to believe us. We were telling his parents, his mum and his dad. And his mum used to call us, like, rubbers or something like that. I don't know. I don't know what that meant or whatever. But, you know, we went back and we told them what was going on. And she's like, you are a bunch of rubbers. You're making stuff up. There's nothing like that around here. She might have got up and walked inside and the dad was still sitting there and he goes, eh, I semi-believe what you boys are saying. And he's like, you want to be careful out there in that bush. Like, you don't actually know what's out there. So if you're going back, make sure you're careful. Do you think maybe she was calling you rabbits? Oh, who knows? <laughs> I know. I know. I only know that because it's a term that my husband uses when he's, <laughs> when he's talking about someone who is you're not impressed with and might not be very intelligent. <laughs> it's like, uh, what yeah, a rabbit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, maybe, something like that. But it's all, I sort of remember it was more like rubbers, I don't know. It was like probably like more, I don't know, maybe Bush, New South Wales slang, so to speak, because they sort of, they, they come from Griffith, if I'm correct, yeah, uh-huh. out in the scrub out that way where it is like a pretty bit of an Indigenous community as far as I'm aware. Right, right. Oh, that's really interesting. And so you told, like, so this guy's parents, did you go home and tell your parents? No, I think that's about it. We just left it at that as it was and we didn't really speak because, like I said, what, 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 when we even got out to the to the footpath, so to speak, like, we all just looked at each other and just went, what the hell was that? Like, you do realise even if we tell anybody, nobody's going to believe what we have to say. Like, it just didn't, the situation just didn't make sense. It didn't just... Yeah, it was very strange. Yeah, yeah, it would have been strange. And interesting that you're saying now that you're getting flashbacks of that. Have you been getting flashbacks the whole time or is it just recently? Well, just sort of recently. I mean, like like I said, the whole I found out that my dad passed away. I found out he actually passed away in 2020 around time when COVID was bad. He didn't pass due to COVID. It was cancer. But um, I hadn't spoken to him for many years and I went up, found out from um, the next door neighbours that my old boy had passed away two years prior. I've actually got two older brothers, one lives, oh, older half brothers, one lives in Sydney, one lives in America. So I left my details with the neighbours 
my older brothers ended up getting in contact with me. Oh, you know, he's sort of, oh, glad to hear from you. I haven't heard from you in a while. You know, sorry to tell you this way, but dad died two years ago. Um, we have the will that we have to sort out now that you boys have actually popped back up sort of thing because I have a young brother as well. And he said, we not only have the house in Brisbane, but we actually have land that's out at Ganalda. So, and that's sort of what started making me remember always going out there camping. And then they were always sort of talking about the hairy man of the bush. And like, there, I think there could have even been a few incidences out there, but I was very young as well. So I couldn't really know if they are proper or if I'm just sort of like, dreaming it up because I do remember but I do remember getting stern warning from my grandma and my dad and that it's like you boys can do whatever you want you can play around on the land and all that but make sure when it is going dark dusk that you actually stay away from the thick scrub that surrounds the property because they would say there are the little hairy men out there they'll pretend to be your friend they will take you away ah that's interesting yeah right did you ever get yeah. any more info about that, like maybe that you, they'd seen them themselves? Well, it's funny. I've been out there since um, I found out because the property hadn't been maintained in a long time. Um, I've spoken to a few of the, the neighbours out there, like a couple of old school fellas that are out there as well, like definitely in their like 70s, 80s and stuff. And I've mentioned it to them. They've looked at me like they know what I'm talking about but they sort of just play it off and go, nah, nah, mate, nah, that'll just be people out there just, you know, taking the piss or just, you know, just having a joke or something like that. But uh, just the way that it was explained and the expression, the look on their face, you know, it made me think, like, you know what I'm talking about, but you probably just don't want to go into it because you probably think that I think you're crazy or I might be taking the piss, so to speak. Yeah, right. That's a, yeah. It's a very common... I've heard that a lot from people, yeah. that, uh, witnesses that I've spoken to have said they spoke to maybe older people and yeah. they, they said they could, they could tell that they, that they knew what was mm. being said but they wouldn't admit to it and just, you know, change yeah. the conversation or brushed it off or, but they could yeah. tell that they knew what they were talking about. Yeah, exactly, because yeah. that's what it is nowadays. Like that's, that's what that stigma sort of was back then, a bit more like, if you were saying something like that, you were crazy. Like, and nowadays, more people are starting to come out with their experiences, and it, you know, I think a lot it's starting to open a lot more people's eyes, and they're starting to believe a bit more. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Why do you think that is? Uh, I guess because that wasn't we didn't really have the internet back then. There wasn't like social media platforms. There wasn't like a way to get your story out there to the masses, you know, because there's probably going to be, if there's not a massive audience, there's going to be less people that don't believe you than that do believe you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, the, the the expansion of the internet, the invention and then the expansion of the internet and, and the transferring of all of that knowledge all around yep. the world, I think, yeah, has, has certainly has something to do with it. Yeah, sure. definitely. Yeah. 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 So, so were there were there any other details about that particular sighting that you wanted to share before we move on to the next one? No, that's pretty much it. Like that, it was like very brief. Like you know, from what I'm gathering, like the way I keep looking into it now that I've had these memories and I started on my little 
journey, like researching it a bit more and everything like that. I just uh, it seems to be like it's usually pretty quick. I mean, it can seem like a pretty long time in the moment, but sort of that was it, you know, like we we heard the yelling and screaming, we turned around, we seen something that just wasn't right and we just got out of there. It was just fight or flight and obviously you don't know what a big animal like that is and you don't really want to stay there and fight sort of thing, so you just take off, yeah. Yeah. And it might have been more as well, like I probably don't have enough memories because we probably, a lot of us just tried to forget about it and block it out because, yeah, people would think we're crazy or we're making up stuff telling stories yeah yeah and actually I did think of one last question to ask you about this what did that that scream roar what did that remind you of ah like like there was sort of a human aspect to it like a like a lion like a bear like it it really deep like it just almost I guess like I could sort of remember to a certain extent, like feeling the vibrations, like it was that intense, like going through my body. Ah, interesting. And were there, was it one long roar or were there repeated roars? Yeah, well, initially to start off with, like you heard the stomping, it coming through the bush, obviously stopping in the line, one big roar. I think I heard a like maybe some other like sort of panting slash roaring as we were being chased, which was like, yeah, pretty intimidating. But after that, you didn't really hear anything until obviously it sort of turned around, went back, and it's like you could hear. I do remember maybe hearing a bit more ruckus in amongst stuff getting smashed. You could sort of hear like a bit of carrying on going on, but it wasn't quite as loud as the first initial, like, get your attention. What are you doing here? You shouldn't be here. Scare the shit out of you sort of thing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. And have you ever heard, like on the internet or out there in the bush, have you ever heard something like that before or since? Uh, nah, nah, I don't think I have. Like, oh, maybe, yeah, maybe like on the internet, sort of like researching this sort of stuff, like when people have put up what they think is to be yowies yelling in the bush, like communicating sort of thing like that, but nothing really like I don't know that's going to stand out and be exactly what I heard that day real life like very similar and I think it would be what they actually sound like if they're giving you a warning yeah well that's that's the feeling you got isn't it that it's we need to get out of here yeah oh yeah yeah, definitely you feel like like I said like when I contacted my mate I said hey man do you remember being in the bush building the tree house something coming and just making an almighty raw ruckus and we were all just running for our lives and as I said he's obviously before he even responded to me he's jumped straight on Google he's found the exact location and he took a photo of it he circled it and he sent it back to me going uh these are the bushes that you're talking about we got chased out of and I'm like yeah that's the exact spot so yeah you were there (laughs) (laughs) yeah and did he describe did he describe that being in the same way that you do? No, nah, well, I've asked him, like, I think maybe, I don't know, I guess maybe this is why I feel like maybe it was more drawn to me. Maybe I made eye contact with it more. Maybe I stared a little bit longer before I actually got my legs moving sort of thing. But he goes, no, I don't really remember anything. He just rem- he just said, I remember sort of getting chased by something big. He goes, I don't remember what it looked like. But he goes, I just remember just honestly 
running for our lives. Isn't that interesting? He doesn't remember seeing it or he doesn't remember what it looks like. Could very well be that he did see it, but he's blocked it out and it's a long time ago and, um, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I reckon. Like, I'm yeah. still yet to catch. Ever since I've spoken to him, it was, it's only been over the phone or via messenger. So, I almost want to catch up with him and have a few beers. And maybe if I start talking a bit more, it might spark a bit more of a memory for him. But yeah, life's pretty busy. I got kids. He got. He's got kids nowadays. Yeah. Everyone's got jobs. You know, so yeah. you don't catch up as much as you did. No, that's true. If you do ever do that, um, and he, can you ask him if he would talk to me as well? Because I, I love it when. There's a sighting with multiple people, and you can you can talk to more than one witness. It's really interesting yeah. if you can get someone else's take on that situation. So if you do yeah, ever yeah. end up doing that, I'd love it if you could ask him if you wouldn't mind having a chat to me. He doesn't have to come on the show if he doesn't want to. I'd just love to talk to him. Yeah, for sure. No worries. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely put it to him. And if that's the case, I'll you know I'll send you another message on Messenger and like get you lined up, sort of thing. So yeah, no worries. I can do that. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. All right. So do you want to move on to one of your other stories? What would you like to talk about next? You said you, you had some other Yowie encounters, but then there was also the yeah. the, the black figure that you saw that might have been a black panther, might have been a dog man, but you weren't sure. Well, that was, that was like, uh, well, my daughter's 11 now, so that was when my missus was still pregnant. But actually, like, not too long after that incident that I was telling you about, not far from there, a little bit further into the scrub where it wasn't quite developed because it was starting to get a bit more developed in the years very soon after that. Um, there was another road, um, I don't know, a couple of k's away or something like that that was called Sunset Drive, which led into like dense scrub and cane fields and stuff like that, a lot of private properties, farmers' properties and stuff like that. Like used to hear stories, oh, don't go out there too far if you caught trespassing old mate will take shots at you you know he's got i don't know 22 or whatever sort of gunny at a rifle but he'll take shots at you people were telling stories whether they were true or not about actually being shot at but um yeah it wasn't too far going back to like the first incident the the mate who was like part aboriginal he lived very close so i had a rally packer at one stage so i just had this little i don't know i think it was like a mazda I don't know, maybe a 323 or something. It wasn't the best rally packer. It was only a front-wheel drive, but it was a manual. And I rocked up there one day. I don't even think most of us had phones at that stage, but I had my rally packer actually sitting at his place. And I rocked up. Nobody was there. I thought, oh, well, I might kill some time and I might take this car for a drive in the bush by myself. Mind you, I was probably only about... 16, 17 by then. I could have had my learners, but uh, I'm not quite sure. I definitely didn't have my license and I shouldn't have been driving, but it was sort of like back roads that led to scrub and that's what you do. You just go out there and have a bit of fun. So, yeah, yeah, I ended up getting in the car and heading out there by myself. And I got, you know, out there on a bit of a part of the road where it was very secluded uh, it was a dirt road at that stage. I think it's actually bitumen nowadays, but it was a dirt road. A lot of like sort of cow horse paddocks that stretched from the road either side, of it, which sort of led to dense scrubland. And I'd been out there. I think the car ran out of fuel. I don't think it really broke down. It just ran out of fuel. So um, didn't have a phone then either. So I've gone, all right, well, 
can't just sit out here in the bush. I'm gonna have to start walking back to old mates, and then you know we could get his older brother to get a jerry can, and we'll go out there and we'll go get the vehicle and that. And remember, sort of walking along the side of the road, and um, this is where I sort of I had my second encounter, I reckon, and um. I do remember what caught my attention to start off with. <clears throat> I was walking along and there was a kangaroo that had literally been what looked to me like what was ripped into pieces. But, you know, I thought to myself then and there, I'm like, oh, maybe it was ran over by a truck or something like that. And that's sort of what like split it in half. But the thing is, I remember it looked, it looked really fresh. And from what I could see, it was almost like, the guts and all the rest of it had been ripped out of it. And at that time of seeing it, and I just always thought until I've started hearing a few more stories nowadays, I just could smell this horrible stench, this horrible smell. And I thought, oh, it's obviously the carcass of the roo. But in the same aspect of me saying that, it seemed really fresh to me. So I'm still thinking if it was so fresh and it's only been ran over, why would it stink that bad? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, 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 but yeah, so I think I think I might have just sort of ignored that as it is and kept walking along my way. And then it's see this is a bit harder this one because I was by myself and when I did tell a few people like even old mate who I was with with the first one um they were like, oh, you know, piss off. We don't have that sort of stuff around here whatnot. But um as I was walking up a little bit further from the tree line, I I'm not quite sure if there was two I do, for some reason, think I remember another bigger black figure standing right in the dense scrub. But as what I do remember is there was like what I described back then was like a little reddy brown orange sort of monkey chasing a horse. And I'm pretty sure the horse was wild or it could have been somebody's horse that had gotten off their property. But as I'm walking along the road, and this is why I think it's really strange as well, this wild horse what i'm calling it um it actually was running from the scrub line across the big open paddock and for the initial little part of it what i what i noticed looked like a little monkey chasing the horse and then it's gotten so far to me and i don't really know if if there might have been another roar or a bit of a scream or something going on like that, but it's almost like the little being, whatever it was, the little red monkey that I described it as to my mates, it stopped dead in its tracks, turned around, and it went back to the bush. And I didn't really pay too much attention from there. Like, it disappeared, but I sort of remember thinking, wow, that's, that's pretty odd. Like, I didn't think we had, like, little primates and that in Australia. And... I guess I'm pretty lucky to see that. But the horse actually come up to me and I just sort of stood there with the horse in this paddock, this road. I know it sounds weird even just saying it, but it's like the horse almost spotted something more or less that it was more used to seeing a human and it come to me for refuge in a way because it knew maybe it might be safe coming towards me. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually have heard, I've heard stories similar to that and there's one that's in my mind it's actually an American one that I think I probably heard on Sasquatch Chronicles that um, there was a deer hunter um, and he had deer run up to him and shelter kind of, it was like they were running to him, the hunter for for safety because whatever was out there was way more dangerous 
than the hunter yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that's the way I thought. And it's like, honestly, I do remember, like, it's a memory that stuck in my head. I remember just sitting there for a while, just, like, sort of talking to the horse, like, literally patting this horse. And I thought that that was cool in itself, the fact that I'd had this wild horse come up to me. And I was just sitting there, like, patting it. It was just letting, it was just hanging around me and letting me sort of be in its presence. Right. And so when you, when you first catch sight of the little orangey brown one, how far, how far away was it? I reckon like 50, 50 meters or so, something like that, 50 to 80, I suppose, if that, like it wasn't like that far away that I couldn't quite exactly like sort of, I couldn't quite make it out like I'm saying, but what it looked like to me was like a, a little red orangutan monkey looking little thing sort of you know so and did yeah it, maybe about 50 meters i reckon did it then run closer towards you or off to the no, side it stopped like once it realized or like i said like i'm trying to remember and piece it together a bit more i've been trying to think a little bit more before i've ended up getting in contact with you and talking like you know gene up to talk to you about it but yeah i just sort of remember it stopped like it was almost like the fact that it's actually been told to stop in a way or it spotted me and it stopped and it, it was like it just knew that it had to go back to the scrub away out of my sight or whether there was something bigger like I'm sort of remembering like a dark figure towards the tree line the denser stuff like it could have actually been called back so to speak like stop what you're doing and come back straight away yeah oi junior come back yeah. here there's a human yeah. being over there <laughs> yeah get back much. here now yeah yeah yeah, maybe it was, I don't know, my imagination's going, I wonder what that scenario meant. I can imagine, um, you know, mama or papa going, all right, let's let's practice. Junior's got to learn how to hunt stuff and, and yeah, uh, okay, watch you, him. yeah, see if you can get that, that horse. And so Junior's running after the horse. Um, but then all of a sudden there's a human being in the, in the middle and, and, and mum or dad's gone, oi, <laughs> come back here. Yeah. Um, this shouldn't be part of the scenario that yeah. I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, that might, at that... that stage, like I didn't really like, like I said, I, I thought it was weird to spot it and that, but there was no, definitely no fear or sense of being scared or anything like that. And like I said, I was around that age of like uh, 16, 17 and I, you know, my grandma had probably not died too long around then as well, and I I was probably off the rails a little bit, and I wasn't really too scared of anything, really, so to speak. Anyway, I mean, like that's why I was out in the bush. I'm like, if anything's gonna try and have a go at me, whatever or a person, just you know, have a go because I'm not really intimidated. Like, yeah. Yeah, and so can you? Do you remember any detail about this little being? like how tall it was or whether you could see facial features or anything like that? Uh, well, not really. Like, you know, it sort of sort of just struck me as like a monkey, so to speak, just a little thing. It was probably, from what I gather, shorter than me. I'm thinking around four, five foot tops. Like, yeah, probably, no, nah, probably not, not five. It would have been like four foot or something like that. Like it was my chest height back then. I suppose I'm probably not too much taller than I was about that age, but it was definitely a lot smaller than me. Definitely a lot smaller than the horse as well, that's for sure. Do you remember anything about the the build? Um, just like an, as, 
an adolescent chimp, you know, just sort of, I suppose it was probably fairly built for the size of it, but it was small and, I don't know, like, yeah, longer arms, shorter legs once again, um, maybe like skinny in the legs and arms, but still had a decent little bit of a chest and a head about it. Yeah. And you, were you able to make out any of the facial features? I know that's a fair distance away, um, 50 to 80 metres, but could you make out any of the face? Uh, not really, no. It was just more like, you know, I think whatever it was had spotted me before I actually come across it because, like, the horse is what drew my attention to the rider me as I'm walking along to start off with and then I've noticed the horse coming to me and I've seen a little bit further the the little red ape being had sort of like started backtracking by then so I was only really sort of seeing the, the back of it in a way. Was it running on two legs? Yeah, definitely running on two legs, yep. And then when it spots you, did it back away or turn around and put its back to you and run? Yeah, well, I think it sort of almost stopped for a second in its tracks, sort of looked at me, turned around, started legging it back towards the bush line where it could have been called or it could have known that it was a bit safer for it to back, take back back step back that way. When it was running, did it look like a human being running? No, nah, well, it sort of looked like it, but more like like an ape sort of thing. And actually, now now that you sort of do mention it, there could have been a few times where it could have actually went from like half crouched down, maybe using its front arms, legs, so to speak, to sort of like run run a little bit down on a slope sort of stand up, keep going, but it was more always like it was on a lean, like its body was lent over more towards where it was heading instead of standing up straight like a human running with your chest out sort of thing, like, you know, arms going beside sort of, yeah. Yeah, and and was it um, moving its arms, you know, how when, when we run usually our arms move um, at the same time, like pump our arms, was it doing that? Um. I reckon more or less like the arms were sort of like more just dangling down by its side. That's why it made me think more like chimp to start off with until it maybe like leaned forward that tiny little bit more. And I suppose it was using, it probably was sort of using four, four limbs, so to speak, you know, every now and then put the paws in that and just get like a bit more momentum, spring, spring itself forward back onto its back legs, keep going a bit more. Was it flat terrain or hilly or... No, nah, yeah, pretty flat. I mean, it was pretty bushy as well, pretty like um, uh, like really like dense grass, like um, you know, just there you see on the side of the road as you cruise along the highway, you see like the really thick scrub that's probably at least the lowest point would probably be about like knee height on a human or something like that. So it still had to go through a bit of like thick grass as it was running. And you and you think it was. Possibly running back towards a bigger, dark shape that was further back in the scrub. Yeah, like that's what I keep on getting the picture of my mind in. Like there was actually something bigger standing back there in the scrub and like it sort of went exactly to where I think that bigger figure was and just sort of disappeared. Like, And then, yeah, that was that was about it. And I just thought, wow, like, that's extremely weird to see something like that out here. And mind you, by then, I probably wasn't even actually thinking of the first time that we were chased out of the bush. I just, I'd forgotten about that. And this just 
turned out to be something something else that was strange. I mean, at the same time, I think me passing the kangaroo that it looked like it had been sort of torn apart and half gutted, like that was still going through my head. I was like trying to work that out, what had happened there, and then the rest of the scenario unfolded in front of me. How far away was the the ripped up kangaroo from where you saw this little monkey-like figure? Well, I reckon it was on the road. It was like on the side of the road. It kind of like sort of like um, tapered off either side of the road as a little like storm drain, so to speak. Back in the day, it was built up so it didn't get flooded. And I reckon I'd probably only gone like 10, 20 metres tops past where the roo was actually torn up. So it's not that far from the road? No, no, right. that's it. No, because the roo was actually like literally like on the side of the road. Like that's why I think it went through my mind like, oh, wow, that thing must have got ran over by a truck or hit by a truck, but it doesn't explain how it's how it's in two pieces and it's so close together. I guess, like I said, like I thought it could have been hit by a truck and maybe the truck with all the wheels running over it has had enough force to sort of like split it in half and like spread it a little bit apart because the, the back and the front were probably a good, I don't know, couple of metres apart as well. They weren't exactly together still. Like the the back end of the roof was over here and the um, the front end of the roof was up here, maybe, you know, 10, 20 steps in a way, something like that. Did the little being make any noise in that time? No, nah, I think it was just, just, just taken off. Or like I said, like I, it, it, that, that's another one that's really hard to remember because it was something strange. And when I did actually go and tell people about it, it was just like, you, you, you're making shit up, you know, like you're talking shit. What about the demeanour of the horse when it got to you? Well, it seemed like to me like it was like, it was like shaking, like rattled sort of thing. Like, like I said, it was like it was coming to me like for refuge, like, yeah, so to speak, almost protection in a way. Like it just seemed like it seemed a bit um, agitated and it didn't know what was going on, but it just thought the safest place to be is probably around this human, which I'm probably a bit more used to seeing than whatever this other creature was that was chasing me. That, that's yeah. a really interesting story. I, I that is fascinating. I, I yeah. <laughs> how how long how long did you stay there with the horse? I reckon I probably stood there for like a good ten or fifteen minutes to tell you the truth. And it's almost like it got to the stage where the horse stood around me. It was like really comfortable with me, almost like it might have still been able to sense a presence of those other things. They could have been lurking around in the bush, watching the both of us for a while. But it's like after I'd been there with the horse for a little while, like literally patting it, standing right beside it and that, um, rubbing it on the nose and the, on its long face and that, it's like after, yeah, I'd say probably like five or ten minutes or something like that, it's like the horse became wary of me then and it started making its way back into the paddock the way that it had just been chased from. And did you get the feeling that it was so uh, that it was a wild horse rather than someone's pet? Yeah, well, yeah, for some reason. I mean, that's just the way that I was saying it. It was just like it was just a, a big, good-looking horse. I was just calling it like a wild stallion sort of thing, like, you know, like, yeah, just I, I think it was wild. But there, there were a lot of properties around there as well. So more than likely it probably was like – 
a semi-domesticated horse, but one that just gets left out in the paddock to its own devices most of the time, like you see around the place a lot. <laughs> That's really interesting. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm sure that horse was so happy that you happened to be there that day. Yeah, I think it was. <laughs> sounds like it. It sounds like it. Were there any more details about that one that you want to add before we move on? Uh, no, nah, well, like, that, that's pretty much it. I mean, like, if I was to remember anything else, I'd try and jot it down and maybe get back in contact with you and let you know. But it was like, you know, like, it was just really, like, on both accounts, like what I've said so far, just, like, strange, something that shouldn't happen around in the bush, let alone on the Sunshine Coast. It's very populated around here. There's a lot of people, even back then there was as well, and it just they just seem like really short, odd encounters. Yeah. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. What other stories did you have for me? Yeah, well, the, the only one, like, that was about it that I can remember. As I said, like, um, I've, I've sort of been hassled by a lot of um, spirits, so to speak, as I've grown up. But I could tell you, the, and like I said, like, the, the what what I reckon for some reason is Black Panther. But that was probably, like, the next sort of one that I was going to, like, they're probably the three main ones. And there's probably, there's a lot of things that have actually happened to me through my life, I mean, uh, even a little while ago, me and my missus and my little one, you know, we moved into a house and we were sort of being, um, I don't know, hassled like by spirits, you know, stuff that wasn't there sort of thing. And ever since actually finding out that my dad passed away, I found out a little bit more about my dad's mum and the stories that apparently that she was a bit of a witch, like she claimed to be a white witch, but my mum would sort of say, yeah, I don't really believe her in the fact of white witch sort of thing. Um, yeah, you reckon she was a bit dark in a way. Um, yeah, she, she'd mentioned a seance that she'd come home to her and dad at one stage and her and one of her weird friends were there doing a seance and all this other stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, but before, I, like, before, if if I could tell you a bit more about that, because that's like, you know, there's two Yowies. There was the one, I don't know. I think it's a Black Panther. Like, like I said originally, I've listened to people explaining that either Yowies or like Dogman or whatever. Even though that that doesn't seem to be quite as big in Australia for some reason, they're like sort of like shape shape shifters. They can change form, sort of thing. But well, we're getting, that, we're actually getting more and more Dogman reports. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. It's interesting. We, we're getting 
we get, we are getting more. We didn't used to get any at all, but now we're definitely yeah. getting some. So, um, yeah. and there's a few. There's a there's a couple in the AYR, or maybe a, you know a handful of them in the AYR database. Yeah, right. um, okay. But there's also I don't know if you've heard of um, it's a YouTube channel called Creepers, Cryptid, and Paranormal Corner. And oh, there's a few popping up at the moment. Yeah, yeah so I well, probably have. The guy who whose channel that is, John Kershaw, he saw a dog man. He actually got a photo of a dog man. Oh, yeah. It's a really, really good. It's one of the best photos I've seen. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'll I'll send I'll send you a link to his YouTube channel if you like. But he yeah, saw that cool. just outside of Sydney on the western out west of Sydney in the bush there. Yeah, so they're not. It's not unheard of now. So why, well, why don't you tell me the story and tell me what happened? Yeah, like I, like I was saying, it was a fair while ago, probably like twelve years ago or something. Now, um, my sister was pregnant with our little one. Uh, we were actually staying at a mate's place on the sunny coast, a bit um, a bit further north, I suppose, in Yandina. Um, at the time. We didn't really have any place to stay. My friend was staying with some more of his friends out in this property on Yandina. He was in a caravan. They had like a massive sort of carport undercover area, so to speak. And um, he said, yeah, well, you can come and pitch a tent here for a while, you know, so you've got a place to call home Why he's looking for your own place. So, yeah, we're um, staying there. Uh, it was a very long road that led into, yeah, you know, dense sort of scrub again where they were staying. They cleared a spot at the end of this road. Um, it was probably very late one night. Um, I've spoken with my missus about this several times. Like, she remembers, um, you know, what occurred and all that. She sort of, like, got a little bit of a different scenario in her head to what happened. But as far as I was concerned we might not have actually been living there anymore. We might have had a place back closer to the beach here, like near Kiwana and stuff like that. So I, in my opinion, I think that we were leaving my friends because we'd still go out there afterwards to go have drinks or just go out there and just hang around and stuff. And I think we were heading home to our place from his, which was pretty late at night. But she seems to think that we could have been going to use the laundromat for some reason, but it was... Very, very late at night, so that's why I don't really think we were going to use the laundromat. But, um, yeah, we were, we were heading out. She seems to think we were heading in, but as far as I'm aware, we were heading out. A yeah, very long, dark road, obviously, in the bush. There's no street lights or anything like that. And there was um, a couple of, like, hilly crests on the road, about three of them. And I used to fly up and down there. We were only in, like, a little um, Toyota Corona, an 84 model. Uh, just a little car, it was a sedan and that. But yeah, we were. I used to, you know, fly up the dirt roads and that. Like I've always been into my cars, rally packages and that. I think I'm a pretty confident driver. So she'd always tell me, slow down, slow down, you know, you don't know what's there <laughs> and all the rest of it sort of thing. And I was like, yeah, all right. And um, this one night, I probably listened to her a little bit more than what I would. But like, yep. we'd sort of gone over the first two. Um, as we were down in the, the gully part and we were heading up like the little hill to the other top of the third crest, which led out to the street, you just sort of seen this massive figure come out from the side of the road. Now, when I first seen it, I thought it was a cow. 
for some reason. It just looked like a massive cow. That and I was thinking to myself, what what's a cow doing out here? I've never seen one out here before. But it sort of like come out of the bush and sort of was crossing the road in front of us, and it was probably about a hundred meters or so away, so to speak, at that stage, maybe a little bit closer. <clears throat> and my missus was saying, like, see, see, slow down. Imagine if we'd hit that, you know. And as we were getting up closer to it, it didn't really look like the shape of a cow anymore. To me, like, it almost looked like a massive dog. And I know that there were some big dogs out there, like some of the people on the property had some fairly decent-sized dogs. But this looked like, like I said, it looked like a cow. Then what I thought to be looked like a dog. As we keep getting closer, this thing, it's like, see, it's like it had ready sort of eyes to start off with. And as we got a little bit closer to it, the eyes appeared to be more of a yellowy green to me. But as we got closer, I'd slowed right down. And this thing was actually, its torso, like on all four legs, was bigger than the car. I distinctly remember just a really long tail on this thing, and this is what makes me think more cat-like after that because it had this long tail that just didn't really look like a dog. It looked like a big, a big cat, just a real long tail. And it was, it was dark, so it just looked black to me, but it had stopped briefly as we were approaching it. It had slowed its walk down. Then it just sort of like casually went to the side of the road and the side of the road sort of like dipped off either side as well. But it's, I just, I feel like this is another time as well. Like I was staring this thing like straight in the eyes as we've gotten closer to it. It's gone from like the sort of reddy orangey sort of color. And that's why I didn't know if it was the, the light shining in its face that was reflecting the light like happens to a lot of animals. And it sort of just like stopped on the side of the road turned on a right degree angle so it was going to pass us as if we were driving past traffic and I'd slowed down and I was just like in disbelief at what I was seeing. I couldn't make out exactly what it was but whatever it was, it pretty much lowered its head down, turned its head and just stared at me straight in the eyes through the window as we were driving past it. Like I reckon it could have almost breathed on the window. It was that close to the car and yeah, I just remember feeling like the hair stand up on the back of my neck, get goosebumps, and it just felt like another sort of unnatural sort of thing. And I just remember just being pretty scared myself, and my missus was getting pretty frantic by then. And, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop and have a look at this thing. And she's like, don't, don't you dare. Just keep going, keep going. And, like, you know, I was sort of like, I think a bit more fear kicked in by then as well. And, like, after I'd sort of passed it, and it was staring at me through the window. I just put my foot down again. And that's why I think we were heading into town, maybe going home, because I remember getting off the dirt road, had to stop to look if there was cars coming either way, and I just planted it, and we were gone by then. Another sort of thing, we were just looking at each other going, what was that? Like, you don't see something like that every day. That was really strange. No, that's true. And so did you see... Were you able to make out any of the other facial features other than the eyes? No, nah, well, 
like I said, it, it sort of seemed like a, a cow from a far distance to start off with. It seemed like really big, the body proportion and that, fairly decent head on it. As we got a bit closer, like I thought I could see maybe in the dark, the light shining on it sort of thing, possibly a bit of a snout. Um, you know, that's why I was even saying to my missus, did, did we just see a, a werewolf or something like that? Like, you know, thinking, I know it sounds crazy, but yeah, it was just like, I, I don't know what that is, you know. The, originally for a while, I always did think to myself, it was like a massive dog slash wolf, werewolf sort of thing. But as time's gone on, I've heard a lot of reports being said that a lot of people have actually seen black panthers that are actually out there. And, you know, I sort of put the pieces together in my mind a bit more going, all right, it was a really big animal. It was like easy. If you could drive a, if you could drive two cars down the road, they'd be pretty close to each other. You've got to slow down to pass each other. So it was almost like the body was almost as long as the road. Definitely from its head to the end of its really long tail was almost taking up the whole road as it was crossing. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It seemed like it seemed like a massive dog to me. Like that's what it just seemed like. It, it seemed like a, a big, out of proportion dog, something that I'd never seen ever before as well. I've certainly heard uh, lots of reports of black panthers, but yeah. the size of what you're describing seems kind of unlikely to be panther. I mean, maybe maybe a. a a lion would be that big, or a Bengal tiger, but but a panther, um, they can be quite yeah. long. Not from so what much, I mean, yeah. I, and I'm no expert in in the black panther sightings and and in the you know the 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 ones that do exist out there. I've I really don't know that much about them to be honest. But it, it yeah. seems to me that they wouldn't be that big. Um, nah, yeah, I know. So that's why I always sort of go back to like. The only re- the reason that sort of stands out is because I heard the stories, like I said, and i just seen like a really long tail, which to me, I know it was dark as well, but it like more depicted in a way something of a big cat. You know, they just got a, a long like spaghetti string tail in a way, you know, instead of a real bushy sort of tail like you'd see on a big wolf or some sort of a big dog or something like that. But yeah, yeah. Was, once was it... Again, so no, go on, sorry, I interrupted you, go on. I was about to say, once again, it was dark, so pretty hard to make out, even though the lights were shining on it, but it did seem dark, it seemed black to me as well, like, yeah, that's what it seemed like. How was it holding its tail? Was it up in the air or horizontally? No, just sort of like, just sort of like slinking behind it, but not like, just like dragging behind or like a dog would have it just like laying down, it was more like, it wasn't it wasn't up in the air, but it was still holding holding its own and it was just sort of stretched out at the back. It's interesting that you mentioned the eyes appeared orangey red at first, but mm. then and what so when you could when you saw them orangey red, yeah. was it looking straight up towards you? Yeah, pretty much. It, it was like walking. It was like walking directly across our path, but it had sort of turned its head, and it was looking down the road towards the set of traffic lights coming towards it, which was us sort of thing. So oh, I might even be having like because I, I don't know. I swear like red, 
orange green so to speak so maybe even like as we were approaching it the eyes were more 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 greeny sort of thing you know and then as we've gotten a bit closer it looked more orangey red sort of thing but like it just when i seen the two eyes like the the head of the beast like lower itself to put its head in line with my head sitting in the little car that we were in it's it's eyes were was still glowing and it wasn't in the headlight anymore. And like I said, there was no street lights. It's a pitch black road in the middle of the bush and the eyes were literally still glowing. Like I think, you know, could have been green, maybe a bit red, not knowing what it was as it's coming up towards us. Like I thought we might have copped a bit of eye shine first because sometimes, you know, the dog's eyes can look a bit green in a certain light and then they can look a bit that orangey red sort of thing. And yeah. I, I have heard reports of. People or people reporting yowies whose eyes seem to change colour from red to green or green to red. Yeah, um, right. Yep. I have heard I that s- before, and I'm not sure if it's yep. because the of the angle that if the head's turned slightly in yeah. a different direction and the light's yeah. coming from a different direction that the colour is different. But that's not the first time I've heard that. Yeah, well, I've I've heard a bit of that as well, and like that makes me almost think like towards like with a lot of people making stories, like I've heard of like telling their stories, I've heard of like a bit of a green sort of color. I've heard of a very like almost just a white glowing white light, and then you'll have the orange and the red, and like I know I'm no expert. It's just what I think in my head. I think maybe white sort of green is sort of like that initial stage of all right. I've seen something. From their perspective, I've seen something. I recognise something rare. Orange is a bit more. I'm weary. I don't know what's going to happen. What I should do. And red is obviously anger. Like, yeah, it wants to defend itself or it wants to hurt, hurt or something like that. Hurt what it's looking at. Like, okay. So, you, so you're thinking. Yeah, right. So yeah. that the eye colour could change. You think perhaps yeah. as depending on its mood. That's almost like a mood indicator, so to speak. You know yeah, what I mean? Maybe, maybe. But yeah, that's just, just maybe. I don't know if that's somebody else or just a theory of mine that I've come up with. But it sort of makes sense in a way. Like I don't know. I'm no expert, like I said. But that's just the way that I've always thought it. Like it's spotted us coming. It's recognised us. It's gotten to a stage where we might have been moving fast, and it thought we could have been a bit of a danger. That's why it was sort of more like the orangey colour, like sussing it out and maybe getting a little bit too close and having too hard of a stare and it was like red because it was angry, uh, embarrassed, didn't want to be seen when it had been seen, you know, something like that. Yeah, potentially. And it's interesting that you felt you felt uneasy, like it wasn't the closer you got, the more uneasy you felt and that you... you yeah. Yeah, so that that's telling me something I generally I generally um trust my instincts if my instincts are telling me something's wrong mm. um and, and you were obviously picking up on something that wasn't right now you're not going to be picking up you're not going to be feeling like that if it's a cow do you think exactly. you would feel like that if it was a black panther uh well maybe I mean like you know that they could probably do some damage but like in saying that as well you think it'd have to get through the windows were wound up, so it's going to have to get into the car somehow as well. But like, I honestly did feel like, phew, like the the feeling of yeah, terror, really uneasy, come over me, like almost unnatural to what 
a human would think anyway, you know. Right. And did your your wife get the same feeling? Yeah, she was she was petrified. She was absolutely petrified. She was terrified. She said, no, no, don't, don't slow down any more than what you are. Just go around it and keep moving. We don't need to stop. We don't need to find out what it is. You just need to get around it and keep going. Like She was very uneasy. She was very scared. Yeah, definitely. What was her impression of the, the shape and the, 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 the being that, she, that you saw? Did she feel that it was more panther-like or more dog-like or...? Yeah, we'll see at the same time, like, she's a little bit, how's it going with that as well? Like, she does agree with me to start off with when we first seen it up on the road. It looked like it would have been like a cow mall, the way it was built, because it was so heavily built and thick, like, from the bottom of the chest to the top of the back. But, yeah, she's like, she's honestly like, I don't know what we've seen. Whatever she said, whatever we've seen, it just wasn't a natural, she just thinks it wasn't a natural creature which does lead me back to more like my original thoughts of like, did we just see a werewolf? Like, yeah, it was, yeah, another strange, very strange thing. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, <laughs> so, so Dean, tell me about, let's talk about paranormal stuff. What's, what's uh, been going on? You, it sounds like you've, you've, throughout your life, you've had paranormal stuff going on. Yeah, well, I don't really think, like, you know, to a certain couple of years ago, people started telling me about ghost stories and this and all the rest of it. I would have really dismissed it and I would have just went, oh, you know, you're smoking some good drugs or something like that, you know, whatever, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I probably sort of just blocked it out. But really, like, I should have taken into account more of the encounters that I've had or, like, incidences that I've had as a kid, like, growing up, like um, the house that we've inherited, at the moment in Brisbane was built in the early fifties by my great great granddad or something like that. And my grandma lived there and whatnot. And like I said, she was a bit of a witch apparently and all this weird stuff like that. Um, probably I guess the first sort of things started happening back then when I was a kid, like I can't really remember a whole heap, but one thing I do remember that used to scare the absolute shit out of me is when, when I was younger, there was a room right up the back of the house. Um, and the room would always change of what furniture was in there, so to speak, and all that. But I remember at one stage, there wasn't a great deal in the room except for this really old-school rocking chair. And the more I found out since my dad's passed about my grandma and my dad, you know, he was a bit of a hard-ass and he wasn't really the nicest person sort of thing. And... We used to cop items off him all the time, bit of a violent man and stuff like that. And like, um, he used to, he used to hate people, like or hate us kids, swearing obviously. And I remember a couple of times, and it was more towards dusk, dark time, and that where, or even if I was scared of the dark. And like back then, you know, I guess a few, few people would be like, oh yeah, one way to cure it is lock you in a dark room and leave you in there or something like that. And I remember a few times just being locked in this room all the windows closed and that rocking chair in the corner of the room and I'd be locked in there and I'd be upset because I was a little kid to start off with. I'd probably gotten a little bit of a hiding before I got put in the room. So probably upset, crying and stuff like that. And then I'd be sitting in the room and out of nowhere, the rocking chair would just start rocking and it'd just make the hair stand up on the back of your neck. Once again, I was pretty young kid in that as well. But at that stage, even knowing 
what temperament my dad had and how how he could be, especially even if he was swearing. <clears throat> I'd sometimes I'd sit in the corner of the room and I'd just sort of like put my head in my lap and just close my eyes and just say to myself, it's not real, it's not real, you know, whatever's happening, it's not, it's not real and stuff. And then other times I'd just be sitting myself and I'd get up and I'd start banging on the door and I'd start swearing, you know, let me the F out of here, blah, blah, blah. And then I'd come in and I'd probably get even more of a hiding, but then sometimes I'd get taken out of the room. So even if I was going to get a hiding, I didn't really care because I didn't want to be in the room with that rocking chair that was going back and forth by itself. Like, Oh, my God. Just, that is so scary. Especially, yeah, yeah. like, that would be scary for me now, let alone for when you were a little boy. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I, I think I'd be just as scared. I might even be more scared nowadays. Like, you know, <laughs> it's just, it, it's, uh, yeah, some of the stuff, eh? And, like, there were a lot of other things that happened then, like, I sort of had a bit of a traumatic childhood with dad at certain points, so to speak. And grandma used to sort of be there and she'd sort of deflect situations or like not make it so I didn't end up being in as much trouble or something like that. But I do remember one day, and it's, it's, it's like a really specific memory because I've gone back since dad's passed and I actually found a key that I remember my dad saying, like, because one of my older brothers lives in New York in America. The other one lives in Sydney, so they're not around to obviously let us in the house. Their stepfather's like a caretaker of the property. I've never met him and I've never seen him there. But I just went back to the property one day and I started looking around and I got this memory of my dad saying, here's this key, and it had a red key tag on it. And he said, this is your key. If you ever get separated from us anywhere and you know how to get home, because you'd always, like, you know, when we walk in the streets, this is the way to get home, this and that or something like that. If you ever get home and nobody's here, your key will be hidden here in this specific spot. This is how you can get into the house so you can be safe. And I went back there, phew, you know, this is like 30, 30 years later. And I just started looking around the property, just sort of having all these memories and flashbacks and that. And I got the key. I found the key and I went, wow, that's uncanny. No way that this is going to unlock the front door. And fair enough, it unlocked the front door, started wandering through the house and stuff like that. Sort of went up to the bathroom. Uh, the house was in really bad condition, but that's when I started getting like all these memories and stuff flooding back even more. And I do remember my grandma saying to me when I was younger, oh, I reckon I could have been around five, something like that, possibly, like five to seven, possibly. I was still really young, but I do remember grandma saying to me, she's like, all right, because um, you've been getting hassled so much, I've actually done a a spell or something like that and I've sort of like it's a protective spell and I've put this on you so you can't be physically harmed or hurt because I think it's like I was getting like pushed over or this or that like there was like actual like physical stuff out of nothing happening to me for no reason and I do remember her saying I put a spell on you or something like that which seems crazy and she said they can't actually bother you until you're of the age of about 27, you know, like they, you might still see things, but they're not actually going to be able to physically harm you anymore. And it's like, I don't think I really remember being hurt by anything that wasn't there. Like until later on, we, when I was 27, I moved into another house with my partner and my daughter. And um, there was some pretty crazy stuff going on in there. Um, 
but yeah, before I even get to that, I just I used to go like my mum and dad separated in that. It was probably not long after I had the so-called spell put on me or something like that or whatever she reckoned the protection thing. And um, I, I remember one thing that always stood out to me. I used to see faces on the wall in the pitch black night. Sometimes they'd light up and that looked different. I can't really depict what that always looked like, but the one thing that always stands out to me when I was a young fella. I used to have this light in my room and it was just pretty much like a round sphere. It just looked like a moan, so to speak, hanging from a wire. Sometimes I used to be going to sleep and this thing used to just be rocking on the ceiling back and forth all the time, like only swaying sometimes. And then I'd tell my mom and she'd be like, oh, it's just electricity, static electricity. It's nothing. Don't worry about it, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then one morning I remember actually waking up probably – just before the sun had come up, the sun might have just been poking its head, and this thing was rocking back and forth that violently, like it, it was like physically impossible for it to be doing what it was doing. It was moving back and forth from the roof, like literally almost smashing on the roof either side, swinging back and forth. And from what I remember, um, pretty much looked like this thing that had like it was like translucent. I could see through it. Sort of like, so to explain, like a sort of the human of a body, uh, like a bot, yeah, like the, yeah, sort of the shape of a human, like the body in that that sort of tapered off to like just like what Casper the goat would, you know, sort of thing, just into like a, like a little wispy tail, and this thing with like a demon demon face once again, just going around the light as the light's moving up and back and forth. And every time, wherever it went, no matter which way it went around the light, just like going around in circles, its head and its face was fixated on me the whole time. Oh. I just remember being terrified. Like literally I'm getting goosebumps telling you about this oh, right now. I'm getting goosebumps yeah. too, just hearing yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I just remember ripping the blanket over my head, just going, Mum, <laughs> screaming out to Mum and that. And yeah, she came in and she... She still can't, to this day, can't explain it. But you ask her about it, and now she'll go, yeah, yeah, you will. Yeah, it seems like you're actually a very spiritual person. Could, um, could she see Could she see it? She couldn't see that, but she's seen, like, what was the remnants of the light. She'd still see the light swinging and that. And um, I'd have to really actually go into her a bit more and ask her if she remembers the light going from, like, one side of the roof to the other so violently the way it is. Like, I don't see that. It's not physically. Like, like, as in, like, physics, it's not possible for something to do that that quick and that violently without actually hitting the roof and smashing. Like, it was just, yeah, unbelievable. Like, yeah. What did the face, that demonic face, look like? Uh, just, oh, I don't know. Like, sometimes you just see, I don't know, drawings or, like, just stuff. It just sort of looked like sort of a, sort of a, a devil, so to speak, but, like, but just really evil, angry, like, yeah, it's, it's hard to explain, like sort of maybe like squared but triangular at the same time, like some sort of almost like, say, say like a mask, like an, you know, like the mask that like indigenous tribes are wearing to battle or something like that, something like that's meant to scare your enemy, sort of like something like that. Right. Like, yeah. And and was your was your grandmother still around at that time? 
Well, yeah, she was actually, but she wasn't living at that house because by then my mum had separated and taken me and my younger brother away, so we lived in a separate house by then. But, yeah, she was still alive at that stage. Yeah, definitely. I was, I was going to ask, did she know Did she know about this? If she, if she was a bit of a witch and she was into that sort of mm. thing, did she know what it was? Um, I don't know. I mean, like, I probably, I probably didn't speak any more of it after mum probably just sort of like um, dismissed it and probably made up some sort of story for it just to comfort me and make me feel better. But yeah, I, I didn't really, I've told mates about it over like the time and that, and they're like, well, like, you know, really? And I'm like, yeah, if you don't believe me, ask mum, I'll stand there. I won't even say anything and you can ask her and I guarantee you she'll say something. She remembers like stuff like that from when I was younger, like, and that sort of goes into the story of more, grandma being a witch and that because um my dad actually served a bit of time in jail before my mum met my dad my dad actually went away for manslaughter um and there was a few people involved there must have been a bit of a big fight with a few people here and there and all the rest of it and um a bloke did end up getting killed right and um i don't know how true it is so to speak it's hard to find stuff especially to do with some of my family going back so far but my mum even tells me she's like there was three other blokes that were with your dad when this incident happened dad was the only one that ended up going to jail for it he went away for a while for manslaughter and apparently my grandmother put a, a spell another spell on these three other blokes that apparently you know turned on my dad, rolled on my dad, so to speak, dobbed him in so they wouldn't get in trouble. He was the one that ended up going away for so many years and that. But the spell was something along the lines of something was bad was going to happen to them when dad got released. And literally, apparently, the day when my dad was released from prison, all three blokes dropped dead on the exact same day. Oh, wow. All three different blokes dropped dead on the same day that my dad was released from prison. <laughs> wow, your so, your grandmother must have been a powerful witch. Yeah, well, that's what we think, you know, and like, <clears throat> and that leads me to, like I said, a little bit further on in the future. We moved into a house. There was some weird stuff going on. Like we were literally, we were that worried. We ended up, we only stayed there for like uh, two months all up. We're probably the first couple of weeks, nothing happened. So that, well, there was stuff happening, but we were just dismissing it. And we had a priest come and bless the house and bless us and stuff. And we even had a clairvoyant come around to try and clear the property and all the rest of it. And like, they were really interested in me when they come to the place as well. And they said that my daughter has um, a couple of elder ladies. They feel like they're very powerful ladies watching over my daughter and me, so to speak. But, yeah, that's pretty much where I've started believing in all this stuff a little bit more. And they said that I'm, that I'm a very spiritual person, like, from the earth and stuff like that. Like, a couple of things she said didn't really make sense to me. Um, but, yeah, it was just that that was another experience in itself. And, um, yeah, I mean, if you want me to go into that, I can tell you about that too. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Go for it. All right. Well, yeah, we moved into this place. It was not far from where we are now, actually. Um, we don't even really go down the street anymore. You get, I sort of just get goosebumps whenever I go through the street and look at a house. I'll do it every now and then, but I don't like it because started hearing stuff can fire you and attach itself to you and all the rest of it. Yeah, we yeah. moved into this place. Uh, my daughter was like, she would have been, she was a toddler. So she was walking 
Um, she'd gotten to the stage where she could walk quite well. So things that started happening didn't make sense. I mean, the first thing as well, I, for some reason, out of nowhere, just started looking at, I don't know, paranormal stuff for some reason. Um, I don't know if me doing that sort of attracted something or started something again. But like I said, I was just at that age of like 27, 28, where apparently this so-called spell was meant to end and I wasn't under protection anymore. But um, like the first little instance we moved in, uh, my daughter was sitting there in a high chair <clears throat> eating her dinner and that. My missus was in the kitchen cooking dinner for us. And I'd pretty much gone from the kitchen. You'd walk out of the kitchen. It was sort of like U-shaped. So the kitchen was at one part of the U. You'd walk out, turn right, the lounge room, walk a bit further. You'd turn right and then you could either go left or right down the hallway. And um, I walked out of the kitchen. I've gone up to the hallway. As I pretty much just stepped into the boundary of the hallway, I heard a tennis ball dancing along the tiles in the kitchen. And my missus popped her head back around the same time as I did. And I think I, th- I thought like my daughter had it for some reason and had to thrown the ball or something. But she could talk as well at that stage, like put words together and that. And she's like, she's like, did you just throw that tennis ball at me? Like joking and that. And I'm like, nah, it wasn't me. Sure, it wasn't Faith. And she's like, nah, Faith's sitting in a high chair. She has nothing there apart from her spoon and her bowl filled with food so it's not her she can't throw it and I said you know was that you you throwing stuff with mum face and she's like no nah, no nah, it wasn't me and we're like oh well wow that was um pretty strange and then um yeah. as the days went on and that we started um our daughter started coming to us crying and stuff like that or like she'd be like all of a sudden really clumsy always falling over or like falling over really weird, like almost like she was being pushed on her on her backside or being pushed from behind and like falling on the ground. We'd, we'd go out. We'd all be in a happy mood. We'd come back. As soon as you step foot through this door, there was like the emotion of anger would take over and we'd all feel really out of place and not welcome and angry, so to speak. There was a little, or not really a little, there was like a big pantry cupboard and stuff and like, I don't know, I was stacking the cupboard one day or something and I noticed in one of the in one of the um one of the cupboards there was actually help scratched into it and stuff like that. And that just made the, the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. It just didn't seem right. Like, yeah, um we we'd go out, we'd come back, my daughter would start running around the house going, We're home, we're home and she'd start looking in all these weird places. She'd open the oven, she'd look in the oven, she'd run up and go and look in her room. She'd look in the cupboard, that cupboard that I said had help written in it and stuff. And we'd be like, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, I'm looking for the for the boy and the girl. Like, what boy and what girl? She's like, there's a little boy and a little girl. They play with me in my room. You know, we could hear our daughter in the room talking to people and like laughing and giggling. And we'd go in there and she'd be staring in the in the corner of the room talking. And we're like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm talking to the, to the kids. Like, yeah, just weird weird stuff like that and um even another night i was sleeping and i literally was physically it felt like i was shoved punched like pushed like literally like i was moved there was a gap between me and my missus at the stage i was literally moved to the point of pushed across the bed that i bumped into her that hard that i woke her up and at the same time i did that i sat up and when i looked up the room was pitch black 
and what appeared to me, like I, I sort of think now, I'm like, you know, is that sort of like some sort of a spiritual yaoi thing as I look back? But I, when I sat up and I looked up on the wall, she couldn't see it, but I could see it. Is all I could see was this massive head, which appeared to be indigenous, indigenous to me, and it just had the biggest menacing cheesy grin that literally covered its whole face. It just went from ear to ear, and it was just it scared the living daylights out of me, you know, and I was like, well, you know, we didn't like our daughter sleeping in the room by herself anymore, so we'd get her and we'd bring her in the room, sleeping with us. Um, There was another instance, she was at the back, hanging clothes on the line, the radio, they used to have a radio out there on the back patio area, the radio would turn on by itself, even though it wasn't actually plug like turned on at the powerpoint itself the radio would turn on by itself and it'd start scanning through the stations and stuff they could be outside playing i could be in the shower i could hear footsteps going up and down the hallway and i'd like one one time i was like i forgot to grab a towel a fresh towel and i'm like hey can you grab me a towel nothing could still hear footsteps i swear i had the cupboard door open nothing still ended up you know jumping out grabbing a towel making the making the ground, the carpet all wet and stuff, and walking out the back going, what's going on? Didn't you hear me? Like, I was I was asking you for a towel. She's like, we've been out the back the whole time. Nobody's been inside. Like, And I'm like, well, I just <laughs> swore, swore that you're inside, you know. And even even like another time, like, um, there was one room up the back that we didn't use. And it felt like the room had air conditioning. There was no air conditioning in the house. Every time you went into the room, the room was cold. And that room backed onto a toilet as well. And like one morning before work, early in the morning, the sun wasn't even up. I was getting ready to go to work and I sort of had the light on and I'm sitting in there. And like sometimes if you've got like, you know, like say like just like a a frayed set of jeans or something, you know how you've got like material hanging off them or something like that. remember sitting there and out of nowhere, like static electricity come on this like strand of um, string and it was like just standing up. And just like moving around the room, like and pointing in different directions and stuff. And um, we had the clairvoyant come, the priest. The lady said she could sense something. She said that the house was like a halfway house of spirits. Reckons that um, that there was a really big dark entity in the house. She said she was getting the the presence of like a big big dark figure. She reckoned it was indigenous. She reckoned it was probably like seven or eight foot it wasn't really so to speak evil but a bit more of a tormented soul oh just just weird stuff i've got a mate to stay over because he didn't believe me so many people like oh wow this is cool i'm gonna see what's going on in here mate stayed over sleeping on the couch um he swear that he reckons why he was half asleep he woke up to the feeling of somebody rubbing his head he reckons he sat up had a look around, even looked over the back of the couch. He thought I was playing jokes on him, but I was asleep in the room. He reckons he tried to play it off for a little while and go back to sleep. And while he was laying there, he sort of had his hands crossed across his chest trying to go to sleep. And um, he felt literally like somebody literally physically tap him on the forearm. And I don't think he slept after that. He stayed up the whole night because we were meant to get up early and go fishing. So I got up early in the morning. I said, let's go fishing, mate. He's like, yeah, oh. I just forgot something. I've just got to go home. And he went home and went to sleep. Because I think he was, too, he was too terrified to go to sleep. And then, yeah, after that, like I said, the priest, clairvoyant lady come in, telling us there was all that sort of stuff. 
another time I was at work, they sort of told us, you've got to be firm but polite because I started getting angry out of nowhere all the time, like I was saying. And I was like, you know, get the F out of here. This is our house. Like, because the clairvoyant lady sort of told it. But the way I was being, I was being aggro towards what I thought was a spirit telling me to get out. And she's like, no, no, you don't do that. You've got to be firm but, you know, sort of polite as well. Like, you know, your time has come. It's passed. You know, this is our place now don't have anything here anymore. It's time for you to move on. And my missus was even doing that one day while I was at work. She literally rang me in tears. Um, and she said, <clears throat> we, we can't stay here anymore. We've got to go, you know. And I'm like, why? What's, what's going on now? And she's like, I literally, I could feel like there was a presence in the room with me in that. And she said, I started doing what the clairvoyant lady told me to. And she literally, she felt like she started getting strangled by thin air. It's like something grabbed her by the throat and she couldn't actually breathe and it sort of sat her down on the end of the bed. Oh, and she, she just broke into tears and then she just grabbed the kid and went down to the park, called me. You know, <laughs> no, I'd be going. like, get the hell out of there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's what she said. We can't stay here anymore. We can't stay, you know, and I just, I think I rang my boss. I was out on site and I've gone, oh, mate, <clears throat> I'm feeling sick. I've got to go home. I said to her, go, go to mum's house. We'll go to the park. I'll be there soon, and I just knocked off. I went and hired a removal truck, and what took <clears throat> a couple of me and my mates, about four blokes, to move everything into the house. I grabbed this truck. I went back, and I loaded the whole truck up by myself, and we were gone after that. We didn't really go back apart from when we had to because we had to break the lease. Started showing people through the house. A few mates said that they noticed that the back room was cold. The air, the air, the hair on the back of their neck would stand up. There was even this one lady, for instance, which always stands out in my mind as well. People would come walking through the house. We told the real estate what was going on. I had a mate who worked for a funeral home, and he actually said, oh, yeah, there's actually, like, this is information that I'm not meant to find out. But he'd actually gone through death records, and he could find out. He said, yeah, there's been a few people that have actually passed away in that house. Um, right. And we told the real estate, they didn't believe us and stuff, but it was almost like they knew what was going on, but they didn't want to admit it, like it had happened to previous tenants as well. Sort of that's like that feeling like we were talking about when you mentioned to people about Yowies, they know what's going on, but they don't want to let on, they know what's going on. Yeah. But this one woman come in to inspect the house, there was a whole heap of people, everybody had to take their shoes off because we just had our um, carpets clean and stuff. Like we were just waiting for somebody praying for somebody to take over the lease. So we didn't have to keep paying two rents because we'd already moved out by then and we were in other places. This lady walked in. She was probably in her fifties, I reckon. Very tanned lady. Like she looked like somebody who'd be at the beach all the time. You know, she's took her shoes off. <clears throat> Cars parked at the front. She's walked in. Everybody's walking around the house in groups, inspecting the house and that. And she's wandered off by herself. And she's ended up in that back room by herself. Next minute, she comes flying out of the out of the room, down the hallway. We caught a glimpse of her on the way out, and she certainly wasn't tan anymore. She was like white, like we're saying, you know, you're white, like you've seen a ghost. Yeah. She was white. She just ran out, slammed the front screen door. She didn't even worry about her thongs at the front door. She just ran down to her car, jumped in her car, and literally took off up the street doing a burnout. Like. Oh my god! Something scared her there. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah. Especially if you don't even stop to get your shoes. Yeah, exactly. And we were just like, and the, and the real estate lady looked at us and she goes, "Oh wow, that's weird." And we just sort of like shook her head and we went, "This is what we're telling you about, love. This is why we're not staying here. Otherwise, we love the house. It was a great house." And like I even had a few mates that go, I had a few mates that have spoken to other mates and they go, "Wow, have you um, 
you heard what's going on at Dean's house? And like, you know, one would go, yeah, what do you reckon? Do you reckon he's telling the truth or he's, he's having a yarn, you know, just leading us up, having a lend or something? And like a few of them were going, well, Dean's not really too scared of much and it actually seems like he's actually genuinely scared. Like, it just seems a bit strange, like, you know. And I, I, that's like a couple of things that I can remember. I've tried to shut a lot of that out. And I don't look into anything like that nowadays either. Like I remember you, uh, one of your recent interviews, you were talking to one of the blokes that lives in America and he was saying about the dark smoke coming down the hallway and all the rest of it. Yeah, yeah, I right. Up, yep. I, yeah, I ended up listening to that, but I wasn't really too into that. I was intrigued to hear a little bit more. But yeah, I, I sort of don't like going down that rabbit hole, so to speak, anymore because it just makes me feel uneasy. Yeah, and you do you do have to be careful, especially if you're sensitive to spirits anyway and you see them and you experience them because not everybody yeah. does. Uh, yeah. But if it's sounding like you, you have been since you were a child, you can pick mm. up attachments and, and, yep. uh, and spirits, um, mm. if, you know, by, if, you, if you're dwelling on them and thinking of them and talking about them too much, it, it can happen. Exactly, yeah. 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 That's yeah. so unfair of the real estate agent though. To yeah. to not let you out of that lease, as, and you know, mm. I, I I kind of suspect what you were suspecting that that that's probably not the first time that someone's tried to get out of that house. No, I don't think so. You know, after after we moved out, like I know some people aren't as open to stuff like that, and they're not as susceptible, and they'll probably just ignore it. Like I've been to several places, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we've got." ghost here this weird shit happens all the time but we don't even worry about it just ignore it and it'll go away or it'll stop happening you know and i'm like yeah nah i don't like don't like doing that anymore uh if something's happening i believe <laughs> something's happening and if it's getting out of hand well it's probably best to move along before something serious happens yeah although but, you can you can get uh spirits from what i understand my limited understanding but from what from what i've from people who've spoken to me about uh, their experiences and other people who are experts in this all say that there are good energies and bad energies and good spirits and bad spirits. So yeah, not not yeah. all ghosts are demonic entities that want to hurt you. Um, yeah, yeah, but, which but, is weird. Yeah, it yeah. sort of ties in with me with like the yowie sort of thing as well. You can get good ones, you can get bad ones. Yeah, yeah. They're believed to be either physical, spiritual, nobody's not quite sure. Um yeah, and, I, and at one stage as well, I sort of um, I sort of blamed my mate because I was going to mention this to you at the end of the interview and even talk to him and see if he wanted to speak to you about it. But my mate, so to speak, he had a little like spiritual encounter as well, and I don't think he put two and two together <clears throat> until I've started going down the yowie sort of hole in that because uh, he lived on a property, and he probably will tell you. Like I'll, I'll ask him if he wants to get on the top. Uh, phone and have a combo with you if you want to but he was living in a rural property out at um new south somewhere in the bush and i reckon that was like sort of where some of the early settlement sort of shit took place and he said they used to see weird stuff and that like he reckons he's seen once or twice like a bloke chasing him that looked like he was in like 1970 clothes with like a shovel or a pitchfork and that and he like he sort of like like shook his head like what am I actually seeing that looked in the mirror and, and it's gone sort of thing. But one night he was actually sitting on his property and I only said this to him the other day. I said, I believe that you're actually being toyed with by Yowies because the property backed on 
to dense scrub once again. And he had a couple of sets of eyes glowing. He said they were white, but, and they were like, it's like they were messing with him. And at the time I said, his, his, his auntie had mentioned something to him. Oh, this place is magic. It's spiritual and that. And uh, I don't know if you've heard the term before, but I swear I remember him telling me, and he can't remember it now, but Kidachi men. Have you ever heard that before? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, well, he's like, yeah, I might have been these Kadachi men or something like that. And I don't know if that's another word for Yowie because there's different terminology and different cultures and stuff like that. But he said he had a couple of eyes. He was down the back paddock one night. Next minute, there's like three sets of eyes staring at him and they were like ducking up and down in the bushes and doing all this weird stuff. And he was just looking at him going, what, what's going on here? And then he reckons they actually started running at him over the paddock. Once again, he crapped himself and he ran back to the house and went inside and he's living there with his cousin and his auntie and that and his cousin had a big smile on his face he's like what's going on and he's like oh told him his story and that and he's like cousin just sort of like like he knew what was going on but he wasn't going to admit to it and he said don't you tell mum about it mum doesn't need to hear about this sort of stuff you know blah 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 and he reckons he got up the courage after a while to go back down and then where he went back down the caravan that he was near when it happened, he reckoned that that looked like there was like a uh, like a spirit family, so to speak, of like a an older fella, his wife and a child, and he reckons that they were actually mouthing something to him, like but he didn't know what they were saying, sort of thing. Yeah, right. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah. I'd love to talk to him and hear that story <laughs> from him. Tell him when you do speak to him. Tell him I would love to hear it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I so I found this bad picture on um. Facebook a little while ago and it, it was literally just like it was like a dark forestry with this picture of a massive yeti like a yowie cowering over the top of the forestry and it had white glowing eyes and as soon as I sent that to him he goes man I swear that's what I seen that night <laughs> and I said well I reckon you got messed around you've had a yowie experience as well. Yeah potentially potentially because <laughs> we've certainly had that white glowing eyes that the, the glowing eyes at night have been reported in a variety of colors as you mentioned you know you've already heard but with white yellow pale yellow and then there's a darker yellow and then there's orange and there's red and there's green and there are even yeah. I even read in uh, Tony Healy and Paul Cropper's book uh, Yowie uh, in search Yowie in search of Australia's Bigfoot they even yeah. mentioned that they'd heard a report of like a pale white electric blue color okay um, yeah all right so yeah they so they're certainly reported in many different colors um but they'd yep. be certainly scary having seeing them you know out in the paddock but then having them rush towards you yeah exactly <laughs> yeah and the weird thing about that is as well i said like oh like i've asked him a little bit more like to try and figure out a bit more that was going on i know i've changed from my subject but i think i have touched base on most of the things that i've been through i mean i've been through a couple of things here and there but like i said i got to a stage where i just block it out even if something's weird happening at the moment i'll just go nah don't even think about it i don't want to delve into this sort of thing again but i was asking him questions about it and i said what do you mean when you said they started running at you over the paddock and he goes, well, I said, like, what? Like, you had three sets of individual eyes, like, like say, like, one in the middle, one to the left and one to the right. And he goes, no. Nah. He goes, what was strange about it? He goes, the way they were running at me, he goes, it's like they were running at me in single file. So 
and I said, so what do you mean? Like, how can they all be running at you in single file and you can still see their eyes? I mean, maybe on a little angle and you can see different sets of eyes all running. And he goes, no, he goes like, one was lower to the ground, like one was low, one was medium, and one was high. They were in single file coming at him. Like, after right. they'd been ducking and squatting in the bush and doing all this weird shit sort of messing with him, they ended up running towards him in a single file. And I've heard a little bit more when I listen to, like, American things and that, where they've spotted, like, families of yowies or something like that, and they reckon that they sort of travel in a single file. Right. Yeah, I have heard that before, but that's really... That's really interesting. It's a strange, if you were actually trying to attack someone, yeah. generally in attack formation, you'd be coming at different angles to be more yeah, successful. Well, but interesting that if they're, they're all coming single file, it sounds more like they were messing with him rather than actually well, wanting to hurt him. Yeah, well, that's what I thought. He goes, I never experienced it again and never done anything like that. But he goes, even that caravan that he reckons he's seen, up there, it looked like people dressed in early settlement clothes, like a, little, a, a young family. Eric and he'd been in there before, and I think he said something like, he'd have to tell you the story a bit more because I'm just going off what he said, but there was like a Darren Lockyer statue or something like that in, this, in the caravan at one stage, and he's, he's grabbed it and he's thrown it on the... He reckons it was moving or something like that. So he reckons he's grabbed it and he's thrown it on the bed, and it, he watched it land on the bed. It was literally laying down on its side. It might have even been a bobblehead as well. And he reckons he turned around and he turned his back, looked back at it, on the end of the bed and that Darren Lockyer statue was standing up, upright on the end of the bed and the head was like wobbling around and shit like that. And that's the same caravan where these early sediment people were like out the top of it after the area experience, after he ran away, told his cousin about it. He worked up the courage to go back down there. And when he went back down there, these things were like spirits were like out the top of the caravan. He said that they were trying to talk to him. And I said, do you think maybe that they were trying to warn you about the Yowies or something like that or tell you to clean up the property or to not keep going and cleaning up the property? Because he said he was chopping down trees and claiming back land of like really long grass and all that sort of stuff. And he's like, oh, now that you come to think about it, it might have been something like that. Like they were either telling me not to or telling me to do it, you know. Maybe that's why the Yowie started messing with him because he was claiming back land that they thought was his because that's what you hear as well. Like that's when they appear. They're telling you to stop clearing their land or leave their forestry alone. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's yeah. just speculation. It's just stuff that I'm hearing. And, yeah, it's just yeah, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, <laughs> really interesting. Really interesting. Well, Dean, I'm going to have to let you go now, but uh, thank you yep. so much for sharing all of those stories with me. That was an absolutely fascinating conversation. I'd, I'd love to share this with the Yowie Central listeners, if that's okay with you. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Yeah, sorry to chew your ear for so long. No, yeah, no, that's great. It's, I've, I've, yeah. I've thoroughly enjoyed <laughs> listening to your stories, and I think the, the listeners will really enjoy those stories too. Yeah, awesome. No, that's all right. Any time, eh? And like I said, if I um, I'll about the first experience, if he's more than willing to talk to you, I'll put you in contact with him. Yeah, and I'll probably more than likely be speaking to my mate who lived in New South Wales who now lives in WA about the interview because I did tell him that I'd been in contact with you and he was like, oh, yeah, that's cool, man. You know, tell your story. Blah, blah, blah. He goes, if you end up on a podcast, he goes, I can't wait to hear it. That, cool. <laughs> you know, so, well, you yeah, will I'll... end up on a podcast. So, yeah, right. um, but maybe <laughs> maybe he'll listen to you and be encouraged to come and share it with me and, and share that story on the show too. Yeah, well, hopefully. Well, like you said, he started explaining it to his brother the other day and he goes, it's a, 
He goes, it took me about an hour to explain it to my brother. And he goes, it's weird. He goes, I started getting really emotional remembering it and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, no, I'll definitely, I'll let him know that I've been in contact with you. And if he wants to, I'll um, I'll send you his number. And, and that's a sign. A yeah, that'd be awesome. That is actually a sign that something real happened and something that was quite traumatic happened. The fact that he's getting emotional now talking about it is yeah. is is, uh, is, a, is a sign of... Trauma. Yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just it, it, all these things are just they're weird things that you don't forget about. You know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You've had a fascinating life, my friend. What? What? what are, uh, what's some crazy stuff? Because I've, I've got I've got now from doing the show and talking to so many people who have these experiences. I I have a few friends who see ghosts and stuff like that all the time, and it sounds like you're. You're you're like my friend Jazz, who's been on the show a few times. She sees stuff like that all the time as well. Yeah, right. Um, and she's she's different in that she's kind of decided to embrace it rather than shut it out. A lot of the people I've spoken to do shut it out because uh, it's yeah. just too scary. Um, yeah, true. Yeah, yep. yeah. So I totally yeah, well, get why you want to. Yeah, true. Well, when it comes to that spiritual stuff, I don't really like it anymore. I'm really interested in this Yowie stuff. I'd like to hopefully see another one or have another encounter myself, so to speak. Um, well, you've seen two. Going on. You've seen two already. So it sounds like lucky. you are very lucky, but it sounds yeah. like it sounds like you might, because I, I find once you've seen one, uh, a lot of people I've spoken to have had multiple sightings and encounters. Uh, not everybody, yeah. but, but, but quite a few people. So, uh, yeah, right. you, you never know if you're out in the bush a lot, you might end up seeing another one. Yeah, well, it definitely sparked my interest. I want to go bushwalking a bit more, so to speak. So something might possibly happen again. Hopefully, good, not bad. Well, Dean, keep me keep me informed if anything else happens and you see any more yowies or you got any more ghost things that happen. I'd love to hear about them. Yeah, true. Yep, yeah. Well, well another thing. Well, sorry to keep bragging. I don't know if you've seen it on the video, but I did go to casino lately. Ah, right, yeah. Um, my, my missus was not happy with what I said. She knew what my plan was to do when I went down there, but apparently they reckoned on the Richmond River that runs through Casino that there's a – I heard that there was a Yowie down there. One of the – I spoke to a few Indigenous people, which my missus wasn't actually happy about, but all of them said to me with a very worried look in their face, please, I said, oh, I've heard stories about this and that and all the rest of it. And I was planning about going fishing down at the creek late at night. And they've all looked at me like literally like you're a crazy white boy. They've said, please do not go down to the river by yourself at night. Things happen down there. You don't want to be down there. One said that there's one further up the river, a big one. But then I started speaking to a few other people and I mentioned the, the hairy man and a few of them. You know, there was a group I was talking to at one stage. A few didn't get what I was talking about, but a few did. And then he goes, one of them goes, oh, is he talking about the hairy man? He goes, I thought he was talking about, oh, do you agree? oh there was some weird name. Doolagal? Yeah, something like that. But is that another word for Yowie? Yeah, it is. Doolagal okay. is a word for hairy man. Well... It might have been that. It might have been something else. And I even spoke to one of the white fellows at the Bottolo and he goes, I've got a little, lot of Indigenous um, friends down there. But they actually told me something about which I might think is actually because there's a, a big screen that happens. You get frozen. Some dude come up with claw marks on him and all this other stuff. What the Aboriginal Indigenous people were telling me, they said that there's a witch down there. 
Thanks, he goes up and down the bank at night, screaming. One dude got attacked. He's actually dead now. He didn't die from the attack, but he died several years after it. And, and yeah, just like I said, I asked about it. I said I wanted to find out more about it. I'm not really worried, too worried. I just want to see what could happen. And they all just said, we can't tell you exactly where the hotspot is. They said it's sacred land. They said, don't go down there. Really worried. They had a look of sheer terror in their face when I started talking about it. I told them that I'd seen one or two, and they just went, wow, man. They said, that's not necessarily a good thing. Like, they're under the impression that I think most of them are evil entities sort of thing. But, yeah, seems there might be something down that way as well. Yes, I do. I actually have a friend who lives near Casino, and he has a little bit of activity on his property. And uh, Oh, yeah, cool. Were you... Somebody asked recently about Casino, and I can't remember if it was on my Yowie Central Facebook I site think, or on the AYR I site. I think that was me, and I was asking another bloke who lives in the Gold Coast. He's an older bloke. He didn't want to be mentioned. I don't think he's been on your podcast, but he has spoken to you about his encounter. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yes, man. I remember. I interviewed him, and he didn't want it to be published. Exactly, yeah. He was fishing in his boat, and they had rocks thrown at the boat, yes. and they smelled like the, the, the horrible smell that they put out and all the rest of it. And yes, that's right. The question on there, has anybody been to the casino? And he said, hey, mate, can I get in contact with you? And we've spoken a few times, and even since I've been there, he was like, I heard you go down there and whatnot. And I said, nah, no activity, man, you know, nothing happened to me. And he's like, oh, I'm in Canada looking for the Bigfoot Sasquatch over here. He's oh, like, that's right. He is too. Yeah, he sent yeah. a message through to the yeah. Yowie Central Facebook. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, so nice to talk to you, mate. You take care. No worries, you too. And, um, yeah, say so, yeah, we have no. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Right back at you. <laughs> All right, mate. Okay, you see you, Dean. Bye. Bye. And that was Dean with some of his amazing experiences. Thank you so much, Dean, for sharing your stories with us. My heart goes out to you, especially the little you who endured so much violence and punishment. Uh, I, I really feel for you. I'm, I'm hoping fervently that the bad spirits leave you alone from now on and I wish you love, light and joy, my friend. Well, that's about all I've got for you today, folks. Yowie Central will be back in a few weeks. And a final note before I head off, I just wanted to say a huge thank you to the legend that is Cade Moyer from Believe Podcast, who also happens to be a graphic designer and a website builder. Cade has just designed me a brand new logo, which I've been putting up on social media. And he's also designed me and built me a website that looks amazing. And I'm in the process of putting all of my material onto that website. It'll take me a couple of months to get organised because it's just there's a lot of work to do. Um, but that's coming soon and I just wanted to give uh, and I just wanted to let Cade know I'm so very grateful. Yowie Central will be back in a few weeks. Forgive me for not getting the shows out more regularly. It's just very challenging at the moment without a studio and working on a farm without 
you know, solid power supply and there's a lot of aeroplane noise because my, my, my flyboy runs a, an aerial application business and uh, it's quite difficult to get the right conditions to be able to record interviews and get the show together. So uh, I appreciate your patience, my lovely listeners, and uh, I will get back into getting more regular shows out uh, in the second half of the year. It's just going to take a little bit longer before I've got the right studio and a soundproof space to be able to get more material out. And I, I just had a recording that I did be completely ruined by one of the aeroplanes landing last week and staying on the tarmac for half an hour, which was uh, through the vast majority of the interview that I did. And, and because it's a louder plane than my husband usually uses, it kind of ruined the recording. I'm not sure if I can use it. It might be salvageable, but uh, it's really tricky uh, planning and recording interviews when you when you're battling that without a soundproof studio. Don't forget if you've seen a Yowie or you've experienced something strange and mysterious that's blown your mind, we would love to hear about it, and it will most likely help other people who've been through traumatic and terrifying experiences and help them feel not so alone. Get in touch with me via yowiecentral at gmail dot com or via the Yowie Central Facebook group, via Messenger, Twitter or Instagram. I'll catch you soon. Stay safe. Out in the cold, out in the dark, something's lurking at the edge of the park. People be warned, people beware, there's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair. Hear him cry, hear him howl, looking for someone to disembowel. Claws like a hook, eyes like coal, feet so big they're gonna crush your soul. They call him Sasquatch. diamond ring your fancy jacket won't be worth a dime when you're sucking the blood right out of your spine Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.